Today's message is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be kind of, in some ways, going to be a message in three parts. I'm going to be talking um, from John chapter 15, which was part of our 260 reading from this week. Man, I hope you've been reading along because these chapters in the middle of John are just so rich, so, so good. Then I'm going to be talking a bit about our mission, our mission as a church, our mission at SM4. And then third, I'm going to be giving you, I think, a reason to celebrate. Um, God's given us a great gift, right? At the 95th birthday of this church. We are 95. Turn to somebody and say, you look really good for 95. Wow. You look really good, church. For 95, well, God has given us a great birthday gift, and I'm going to be sharing uh, that with you. And kind of all these three things, John 15, our mission, and this uh, reason to celebrate, uh, you're going to, I think, see how they tie together as well. So let's, let's dive in. If you've got your Bibles um, with you, you want to open up to John 15, we'll have a couple scriptures in a moment up on the screen. But I want to ask you a question. Are you productive? in your life? Do you feel productive? When you look in the mirror, do you say, man, that's a productive person? Like, you know, productive in your home, in your relationships, productive at work, productive in all the different areas that maybe God has placed you into. Are you productive? Listen, that question haunts me a little bit, honestly, because I do not want to get to the end of my life here on earth, I don't even want to get to the end of my years of pastoring in this church and have a question in the back of my mind like, was I really productive? Listen, I want to give myself to things that matter. I, I want to do things that have lasting value. I want to do things that have eternal value. I really want to be productive. I want to know that I am living my life on purpose. On purpose. And guess what? Jesus wants that for me, but he wants that for all of us. And he gets after that in what he was sharing with his disciples in John chapter 15. It is all about our mission. It is all about being productive in the ways of Jesus. And we're just going to be looking literally at two verses, actually like a verse and a half from John chapter 15. I would encourage you, if you have not yet done this week's 260 reading, uh, that's why we kind of like, we, we have a break over the weekend so that you can go back and finish anything that you missed. But later today, man, it'd be so good if you would go back and read all of John chapter 15 because there's so much in it. I wish I just had like four weeks to break it all down. But I want to I want to I want to concentrate and focus our attention on two verses um, from this uh, passage of scripture, John fifteen five. It's probably going to be familiar to a lot of you when you hear it. It's where Jesus says, "I am the vine; you are the branches." Now, just for a moment, pause, and I want you to like visualize. The vine and the branches. Now listen, I love that Jesus used this metaphor because this is a Santa Maria metaphor right here. 
Like, every single one of you know what vines and branches look like because we are in Santa Maria, this wine country. We have grapes growing everywhere. There are vineyards in every direction, right? Picture that vine. That vine, that healthy vine. Now, this is a really healthy vine because Jesus says, I'm the vine, right? So make no mistake, this is a really, really healthy, life-producing vine. But then what does he say that we are? We're the branches. Here's the vine. And guess what, folks? I am not the vine. You are not the vine. This church is not the vine. You know what we are? We are branches extending from the vine. Very important for us to recognize right at the beginning of this that Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, if you remain in me, pretty important, and I in you, you will, everybody say will, will. bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What a contrast. What a contrast. See, he makes it clear right from the get-go in this passage that the goal is being fruitful, being productive, right? Productivity, it's what you produce. And he says that if you remain in me and I'm in you, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna be productive. You're gonna produce much. You will, and I love, man, it's, it's not like a maybe. It's like if you live in this type of relationship, you will bear much fruit. It's the natural outcome that we should have the expectation of in our life. That if we are in right alignment as a branch to the vine, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna bear a lot of good fruit. But how does that happen? Well, he tells us, right? Stay in right alignment with me. Don't separate yourself from me and think that you could like be fruitful on your own because that is not the way life works. When the branch separates itself from the vine, it dies. It is not fruitful. It does not produce much. It will not be productive and it will not live out its purpose. The purpose of the branch is to be fruitful. We will never accomplish our purpose if we are separate from the vine. Now listen, we really need to understand this branch to vine relationship. Part of our understanding of that is trusting God. That he knew just what he was doing when he formed you uniquely and specially. You are a branch like no other. No one else is like you. Born right at that exact time, right into that exact place, right into that situation where he wanted a branch because he's the vine. You know what? The vine decides where a branch is needed. The branch don't tell the vine you made a mistake here, Mr. Vine. 
No, the vine not only forms the branch, you. He's formed you uniquely, wonderfully made with a purpose and an intent that you would stay connected to him so that you could bear much fruit in your context. And you don't look at somebody else's context, right? It's like, that's, the, that's a problem that we can get into is that we like start looking at other people's fruit. Like we start looking over at branches over on the other side of the room and saying, I got more fruit than they do. <laughs> or the opposite, we look over and say, man, look at my scrawny little branch. How come they produce so much fruit? Quit looking at other people's fruit. See, God's promise here, Jesus' promise is that if you stay connected in right alignment with me, he said, you will bear much fruit. But your much fruit is gonna be different than someone else's much fruit. Don't worry about that. Worry about being fruitful because you're connected. You're in right alignment with Jesus, the vine. Does that make sense? You following me? And I think it's important too that we would kind of bring a definition to fruit. Well, when Jesus says you're gonna bear much fruit, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the way to be fruitful is to like stay connected, remain connected to me then we should probably understand what this fruit is that he's talking about. It sounds important. Here is a very simple way that I think that we could get after defining what is fruit that Jesus might be talking about. I believe this. We just put it up on the screen. I believe that fruit could be defined as kingdom productivity. Those are a couple of big words there. I'll, I'll break it down for you. Kingdom Productivity. Now, we know what it looks like in someone's regular life and regular story if they are productive, right? You look at someone and say, oh man, they're, they're producing something good at work. We can see some productivity. Maybe somebody produces a meal. Maybe a work of art. Maybe some of you have produced other human beings. That's remarkable. So we know what, in the natural what it looks like to produce things, to be productive. What would kingdom productivity be? This is what I believe. Since Jesus is the vine and we are attached to him as his branches, what kingdom productivity is, is that when something of the vine flows through my branch and produces something good, that is fruit. That is kingdom productivity. It's like when something that represents the DNA of Jesus flows through this branch of me or you and then comes out in some manifestation, some way, some tangible way through a word, through a deed, you know, through some way that we come alongside someone and love on them or we speak truth into their life. Something of the DNA of Jesus gets transferred right through us, through that fruit. That's kingdom productivity. 
So think about it. Jesus, the vine, is love. When that love flows through us, and then we actually produce something that represents his love, oh, wow, that's good fruit, right? Now, listen, we also know that Jesus is all-powerful. Talked about that last week. He is the Lord. So when something of his power, through the power of his Holy Spirit, like comes from the vine through this branch and we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to do something, whether it's pray for healing, whether it's giving a prophetic word, whether it's, it's, it's doing something that demonstrates that power of God. That's, it's not for me. I am not the vine. He is the vine. I'm just the branch. I am the conduit. Right? Jesus in Jesus is salvation. When his saving grace doesn't just transform my life, but flows through my life out to others and others experience his salvation. I'm not the one doing the saving, but you know what I can do is I can bear fruit. I can bear fruit and it's good. And you just think about all the things that Jesus is, right? He's gracious, he's kind, He's holy. He is truth. And when any of those things flow into our life and then pop out in all kinds of different, wonderful, beautiful, creative ways, because your branch is different, your context is different, where you are, who you're with, it's going to come out in a different language, it's going to come out in a different style. It's great. Kingdom productivity doing something useful in the kingdom because what we're doing represents Jesus himself. Does that make sense? So, I told you two verses. There's one other thing about fruit that I want to draw our attention to because it's a descriptor of the kind of fruit that we are to bear. The kind of fruit. And it's found down in verse 16. And this is where Jesus says in John 15, 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that, hold on, just hold hold it right there. The branch didn't choose the vine. The vine chose the branch. The branch did not appoint the vine. Sometimes we want to do that. We get it backwards. God, you need to do this, right? Now listen, we can express the desires of our heart because we're connected to him. He is in us, we are in him. We we can talk to the vine. There is two-way communication. But make no mistake, you didn't choose him and you didn't appoint him. He chose you and appointed you. This is the language of mission. The title of this message, our mission. Do you see Jesus saying, I have a mission for you. I chose you. There's an appointment on your life. Don't miss it or you will miss your mission. You will miss your purpose. 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that, no big surprise here, you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. See, there's that descriptor there, fruit that will last. So it's not just about the quantity of fruit that someone produces. Much fruit, that's good. Lots of fruit. Two big thumbs up. Not just the quantity, but the quality. And the quality that Jesus is looking for is that it has lasting power. Now, if you know anything about fruit, and you don't have to know a lot, fruit does not have much lasting power on its own. Fruit spoils quickly, right? You bring it home from the grocery store a couple days later, depending on the fruit, uh, and when it was picked and all that kind of stuff, it starts to get mushy, and then a couple days later, it's like, throw it out, it's rotten. It's like, this is not even good for banana bread. It is beyond banana bread material. (laughs) Throw it out. So when Jesus says fruit that will last, he's saying something really kind of compelling, but also something that should make us go, how do you have fruit that lasts, Jesus? Because that doesn't doesn't even make sense. Here's what I want to draw your attention to. It's not the fruit itself, like the banana, the grape. I don't believe it's like the, the, the fruit. It's what the fruit contains. What is in fruit? It's the seed. So I see you, you guys are already preaching my message. Do you know what lasts? You know what has lasting power? It's the seed. Because each one of us, we're going to get bruised, then pretty soon we're going to get mushy, and they're going to throw us away. (laughs) Sorry, true. I'm looking in the mirror and saying, oh, mushy. (laughs) More mushy every day. But you know what? When we are bearing the kind of fruit that God desires, it has the seed within it that has lasting power. Because it's the seed that contains the life, right? There was a group of men that gathered decades ago that knew Jesus really well. None of them were pastors. I I don't think there was a scientist and a couple other interesting people. And somehow my dad got an invitation to that little powwow, met together in a retreat place over a couple of days and my dad realized I do not have what they have. And he'd been born in America, born in San Jose. Grew up at a time when he just assumed like, man, I'm an American, I'm a Christian. And he came to confront the realization he didn't know Jesus. He's like, he came to the realization that he was not connected to the vine, right? To use Jesus' words here. He came to that realization. Can I tell you that the fruit of those men's lives, people I will never meet this side of heaven, they bore lasting fruit because the fruit of their life was transformational in my dad's story. And there was this seed that was planted within him. You know how it's had lasting value? My dad passed away earlier this year. But you know the difference that my dad's relationship with Jesus had in my life and in my brother's life 
and in my sister's life and in tens of thousands of others. And you know what? That seed, you know what it happens? It reproduces more seed. So what I am doing is I get to share and in the, the next generations and in my th- three children and the fruit. Oh my gosh, there is lasting fruit. There is lasting fruit. And, if, and, and like when we get to heaven, we'll get to see the timeline because it came from Jesus to his 12, which quickly became 11, right? But then became the 120, that became the thousands, and then the multiple thousands to the millions to the billions. It's like there is this seed that has remained. It is the lasting value. So the question I think that each one of us needs to have is, are we bearing lots of fruit and are we bearing lasting fruit? Because I don't want to spin my wheels doing things that matter little. I could do it as an individual or we could even do it as a church. We could have nice shiny buildings. We could host wonderful programs. I could stand up here and, you know, give messages that make you feel good. I mean, hopefully they make you feel a little bit good sometimes. But I mean, that could be the whole motivation. That could be the mission. And you know what? We would absolutely miss it because the buildings and the programs and happy, shiny people (laughs) is not the goal. The goal is that we would be on mission and that we would be productive in the name of Jesus. And I'm so thankful that he didn't say, be productive. You just need to go do more. You're just not doing enough. Some of us go, are you sure Jesus didn't say that? He didn't say that. You know what he didn't say? He said, this is the key. It's relationship. He said, if you want to get to that level of purpose, legacy, generational blessing, bearing lots of fruit that is lasting fruit, he said, there's Here's the key. Stay connected. Remain in me. Abide in me. Stay connected to me. It's an invitation to relationship, not, a, not an invitation to just be busier. And I love God's word. It's so good. So freeing. I want to transition now to this kind of second part about, well, what's the mission of our church? Here's what I believe, that these words that Jesus spoke in John chapter 15 were not just for you and I individually, but they are for our church as well. See, I, just, I, think, I think every church is a unique branch. Just like you are uniquely made, there's no two like you, right? You are a unique, specially crafted branch right where God wanted you with a very specific purpose in mind. I believe that that's what God will do with churches as well. The cool thing, just like you don't look at someone else's fruit and compare and contrast and say, well, why are they this or why am I that? Guess what? In the church world, I'm telling you, there's always the temptation to look over across other part of the city, other part of the country, other part of the world and say, man, why can't we have what they have? No, we just need to be responsible to do what? Stay connected to Jesus. 
And his promise is that we will bear much fruit. Let's go. Now, our context is important. Just like your context, wherever your branch is, that's going to inform something of your purpose and your mission. Our context is really important. You know where God wanted a branch? In little old Northwest Santa Maria. In the most beautiful, diverse, multi-ethnic, multilingual environment. And Jesus said, I want my church right there. Santa Maria Foursquare. Pop. And here we came 95 years ago. Little different context 95 years ago, but as we have watched what God has done in our story and how he has formed us and where he has placed us, that is so important to embrace, to understand our unique mission and what our fruit may look like different than what another church's fruit may look like. That makes sense. We need to embrace where it is and what it is that he's called us to in our context, and then figure out how are we going to accomplish that? God, how are we going to get after your mission to bear lots of lasting fruit? And listen, that's a question I've asked myself a lot, especially over the past few years. It's like when we came through that whole nasty pandemic and just trying to figure out life all over again, not only individually, but as a church, I mean, and lots of churches have gone through this, but it's like, I came out of that. I think all last year I was like, Jesus, I need a revelation. Like I, I, need, I need help. And I, what I really felt is God leading me in two specific directions that began to come out in some of the things I was doing and preaching and, and leading in different conversations beginning last fall. And one of them had to do with raising up more leaders. Leaders to come alongside and to be a part of this mission. The second thing is that I believe that God wanted to kind of release a fresh word to us that would be a descriptor of our mission. Like in the Santa Maria Foursquare Church, how are we to get about our mission as our unique branch? What is the mission of Santa Maria Foursquare and how can we communicate it in a way that would be kind of like easily shared, easily remembered, but always points us back to our mission. And so are you ready? From last November-ish to today, lots of months, lots of conversations, dozens and dozens of hours of just work and talk, a bunch of key leaders. I'm ready to tell you this is how we're going to describe our mission in the, in the coming seasons. You ready? Do a little drum roll. You ready? Here it is. Go ahead and put it up on the screen. <laughs> Gather, grow, go. Triple G. It is not triple G in Espanol, however. Because we are one church with two congregations in English. It's congregar, crecer, y ir. Those are the three words in Espanol, but the same heart and the same meaning. Very simple, memorable, repeatable. In fact, would you just say those three words together with me? 
Gather, grow, go. Say them again. Gather, grow, go. I want to take just a, a very brief moment to kind of unpack those a little bit. Lots more to come because this is going to be something that you're going to be seeing and hearing about a lot in the weeks, months, seasons to come. But I want to talk to you about each of these three just for a moment. Number one, we gather. We gather in the love of Jesus. We gather in his love. Friends, this is so critical and important because at the heart of our church is this love-formed community. It is about relationships. It is the the strength of our relationships together, friends, that are gonna make all the difference in the strength of our church, in our ability to carry out the mission that God has for us. Listen, if people do not feel loved by Jesus and by his church when they show up, then anything else we do is going to matter very, very little. So we gather in his name, we gather in his love. And we invite people in to experience his love. And some of that love is gonna come right from you and from me as we embrace our community. Gather, we invite people to gather. But not to just a meeting or to a cool building, man. We invite them into the very presence of Jesus to experience his love. Second thing we do is what? We grow. We gather, we grow. You know what we're doing? We are growing in the grace and truth of Jesus. It's in, it's in John chapter one that John describes Jesus as one coming in grace and in truth. Those are two very important things. And friends, we need to be growing in both. The grace of Jesus, man, that, that word is just so rich because it's, it's the nature of God is gracious, not condemning, not pointing fingers, not, not blaming culture or any people or whatever. It's his grace that needs to be grown up in us. But you know what? We also need to understand the truth of Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We need to understand his grace. We need to understand his truth. We need to understand not just his words, but his ways. Not just his works, but his ways. Listen, friends, we need to grow. This is all about discipleship. This is about you and me learning more and more of God's word, not just so that we have it intellectually, but that we like, can live it out, that we can obey his word. Yes. So he's called us to gather and to grow and then finally to go. And we go in the power of Jesus. Not in our own power because I am just merely the branch. He is the vine. Anything that flows through me, anything that comes out, anything that would represent going is because of his power, because of his life that is flowing through me. We gather in his love, we grow his grace and truth and we go in his power. Friends, I wanna tell you, that is how we are going to be representing this conversation of how 
we do mission together. We are together on mission. To gather, to grow, and to go. And please, I hope you caught that it's all about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's about staying connected to him, not about how busy we can be to do these three things. It's about staying connected to him. We gather in his name, in his love. We grow in his truth and grace. We minister in his power. It's about Jesus. And his promise is, when we stay connected to him like that, we will bear lots of lasting fruit. Praise the Lord. One quick thing before we get to the celebration moment, and that is that um, at the beginning of this year, you may remember that we invited the whole congregation to this series of leadership conversations. It was a seven-week course in uh, January and February, and we had over 60 uh, people sign up uh, for these extended conversations that like, really blew me away, both from our English and our Spanish congregation. We used translation equipment so we could all be in the room together, and it was fantastic. Out of those we identified 19 different people from our church that stood up to say, I believe God is calling me to be one of those who would help drive this mission of gather, grow, go into the DNA of our church. And so we, for the past months, ever since February, so March, April, May, June, now into July, we have been working with this group of 19 people who we're calling team captains. So we've got team gather, we got team grow, and we got team go. Very excited, you'll be hearing more. And we got the list of their names up here. I just want you to celebrate these 19 leaders. Would you say thank you to them? I see a number of those team captains right here in the room. I want you to stand up. Stand up. If you're one of those team captains, stand up, damned up. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love and appreciate each one of them, and they are worthy of honor because I mean, they have been working, and they're going to continue working. This is not like a little committee that's like together for a few months and then stops. No, these people are dedicating themselves to how, how can we move forward in each of these three areas as a church. So I'm blessed, and you're going to be hearing a lot more, like I said, in the seasons to come about how we're going to get after these three areas. So, celebration. Time for a little birthday party. So it it involves a little backstory, Um, because it was actually five years ago, five years ago in 2018 that our congregation voted. How many of you were here as part of the church in 2018? Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe about a third of you that are in the room are here in 2018. Very cool. Well, you voted. And uh, you voted, and we, we almost unanimously approved the sale of a piece of property that we owned over by Elks Rodeo, 6.4 acres. Listen, we're a 95-year-old church. Part of our history that is just beautiful and rich is that, is that man, uh, we've been gifted with property um, over, over the decades. It was nothing of my doing. It would all like belong to us when I arrived eight years ago. Um, but, you know, the council kind of looked at different options and what we could do with the land, and, and we really decided it would be best to sell, the, sell that land. 
that we weren't uh, doing something specific with it. Um, we didn't have the money to do something specific with it. And it was like, you know what? Why don't we allow that to bless someone else? And then our church can be blessed with the proceeds from that. And so for five years, it sat um, with almost no nibbles at it. It was crazy. Because, I mean, it was advertised. It was on the market. Um, and uh, it was a little expensive because it's, it's zoned commercial. And, and so it's like, oh, man, is, is someone ever going to buy this? And in the meantime, we were having to pay taxes on it. Praise the Lord, for, for a couple of years, we were able to lease it out to a local farmer um, that helped against the taxes. But even with that, over the past five years, it cost us $74,000 from our church just to put into our county uh, piggy bank. And those were hard checks to write. Because it's like, God, this is just dirt out here. And we're, we're putting a lot of ministry money into just keeping this dirt. What are you, you going to do? And so we kept praying. Our church council has been praying. We've worked with our, our realtor to say, what are we going to do? Well, guess what God did in January? Brought someone who was interested. In fact, it's a Spanish ministry here in our city. And uh, it's just amazing how God does that. Because we'd been praying that God would turn that into something to use for his glory. that cool? So a Spanish organization reached out to us and said, we would like to buy that. We did a little negotiating on the price. But are you ready to like cheer? Are you, are you ready to cheer? Because on the last day of June, uh, we were the recipients through the Lord, using the Spanish ministry to bless the Santa Maria Foursquare Church with just over $1,590,000. Wow. That is a significant birthday present, Lord. If you did that for our 95th, I can't wait till 100. Woo! It's good. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to chat with you for a moment about that because you're like, oh, I never need to give here again. <laughs> Au contraire. Let me, let me break that down for you just for a moment. Um, Foursquare, and we're a Foursquare church. We're part of the Foursquare movement here in the United States and around the world. Foursquare has a policy that when you sell a property, those monies go into a dedicated property account, meaning that we can't use it for salaries, we can't use it to keep the lights on. The reason they do that is to protect Foursquare churches, because sometimes a Foursquare church could, or any church could get into a bind, right? They're like, oh man, how are we going to pay our bills? But we have this asset. Let's sell the asset, and then what happens? Well, they use the money to pay all the bills or whatever the financial problem was. And now you have no money and you have no asset. And decades ago, Foursquare looked at that and go, that's not a good model. We want to protect our churches so that there will be lasting fruit beyond the problem that they're going through at the moment. We don't want people to like sell assets and burn. So when you sell a property in Foursquare, the money goes into a dedicated uh, properties account. So that's part of the, the story of that money. We can't use it for anything we want, 
but they do allow you to use it kind of creatively. They'll give us like 10%, like our church council can decide, you know, how, how they want to use that. 90% of it remains. Now, what our council is working on and has already made some preliminary decisions on is the majority of that money that our council has said, we want that to be like an investment for our church. Now, right now, um, we can get a really good interest rate through something that the Foursquare organization offers to its churches. And we can get 5.25 interest on whichever amount of money that we allocate um, towards that, you know, that portion. Wow, that's good. You can't get that at a bank today, right? Um, one of our, one of our uh, council members is, is a banker and they're like, yeah, you, we, we can't offer that. That's good. So, so we're, we're looking at that as a long-term investment because the interest off of that is something that can flow into our church to help with ministry, to drive all the different ministry things from our church. So that's really good. He said, well, that was the majority of it. What are we going to do with the rest of it? We are wanting to, because it's in a property account, we can use it here to fix up our property. And you know what? This property, we, we've been a church in Santa Maria for over 95 years, but we've been a church right here on this property for over 60. And we've done a lot um, over these past years, but there's a lot of areas where if you kind of like peak, it's like, hmm, that, that's not so good. There's wood rot different places. There's, there's parts that are just actually kind of ugly and our neighbors drive by this representation, this branch of Jesus, you know, uh, you know, many, many times a week. We want to be good neighbors and we want to make decisions about this property that is gonna be lasting into the years to come. So pray for the church council as we would kind of, you know, make all those final decisions. In fact, we're meeting on Tuesday night. And so be praying for the council to make really wise decisions about the allocations of, of these monies. Now, couple last things, and it's about our finance and how it ties to our mission as a church. So you also may remember that last year, more of you were here last year, we also voted to take some monies that we had and, and put them into a different investment. We bought a parcel in uh, Tucson, Arizona as a church. We voted on it, said, yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, that'll be a good, there'll be a good return on that investment for our church. So with those investment dollars, they're, they're coming in now from that investment last year and the investment that we're making today, here's what I want you to know. That is going, that is going to provide, those investments are gonna provide about 20% of what this church needs to survive. About 20% is gonna, come, you know, as a result of those investments, about 20%. Well, pastor, where does the other 80% come from? It comes from us. It comes from us. Listen, the, the 20% is a miracle because so many churches don't have that benefit. They do not have, you know, uh, money that's pouring in from, from different, you know, uh, investments and resources that they have. 100% comes from Y'all, right? From us. I'm part of the y'all here. I'm a contributor here. About 80% comes from us. Well, well, pastor, how are we doing? Well, it's not as strong. Just, just to be honest. It's not as strong. This year, as of today, 
And I'd be happy to show you our books because none of it is secret, but I'll give you like the 30,000 foot flyover. Right now, we are more than $20,000 off what we had budgeted to be at at this point of the year. We're about $20,000 shy of that. And that's kind of concerning. And it's also concerning because we're also about $6,000 less today than where we were a year ago at this point. Just out of the generosity of God's people, it's sharing together in our, in our collective finance and through our worship and in our giving and our sponsoring of this mission together. Now, here's the good news that our team has done really, really well at being frugal and of not spending everything that we had budgeted. So today, our collective nose is right above the waterline of where we would need to survive. Now, we're not, we're not drowning. We're not upside down. But we are right at that line where, where our nose is just above the water because we have not spent everything that had been budgeted. So we're okay. We're surviving. But I want to tell you, and this is where it comes back to mission. As a church, do we want to just survive? Or, or do we want to thrive? Do we want to get after this mission together and bearing lots of lasting fruit in this community and beyond? I, yeah, come on. There needs to be a better response than that. Or I'm just going to start the message all over again. Listen, and I'm not like trying to wring pennies from your wallet, believe me. God's gonna do what he's gonna do. But you know what God's word tells us is that our passion to see what his mission is accomplished is gonna be tied to our wallets. It's just, it's a reality. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you could say it in the reverse. Where your heart is, you're gonna give there. Wherever your heart is, that's where your money's gonna go. Some of you go, you know, it's like, oh, gee, that thing, that car, that house, that trip, that whatever. It's like, well, that's, it's an indication your heart was there, so you backed it up with your dollars. Listen, it is no different when it comes to the mission that God has for us as a church. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to celebrate the miracle goodness of God to his church. But here's the other thing I'm going to ask you to do. Join God in his mission here through the Santa Maria Forest Court Church. Join, partner. We do this collectively. It's not all on one person. It's on all of us coming together. And finances is never what dictates our level of fruitfulness. Never. Just look at the life of Mother Teresa. Her personal finances did not drive her level of fruitfulness in this world. Those who have absolutely almost zero to their name can be super fruitful and participate. But as God allows from the vine to come into you resource, guess what part of your good fruit is? It comes out in the way that we give. And so church, celebrate God's miracle goodness and then be part of his goodness flowing through us to accomplish the mission that he has for us, not just surviving, but thriving. Let's pray. 
Did you notice we're not receiving a special offering, by the way? If you want to know how to give here, you can go on our church website. If you're online, say, I want to join that that mission. You can go right over to our website, sm4.org. You'll find the giving page. You can find out more. You can talk to one of our leaders. They can help help with that. Maybe you have a property that says, man, you know, I got some dead property. That's going to be the next thing that God's going to use to like advance his, his mission. Maybe you got, so just pray with us, think with us, give toward his mission. Let's do this together. Let's pray. I'm going to invite the ministry team forward as well. God, thank you for your word. It is so rich. It is so good. And Lord, to know that by relationship with you, we can fulfill the very purpose that you have called us to. Fruitfulness. To bear lots of lasting fruit. God, I pray that this will be a church of generational blessing. Lord, I pray that over the shrams right now as they're getting ready to depart on their next assignment. They are literally going. I pray that over the Sheffield family. God, as they are getting ready for their next life assignment and as they are going out from us, I pray generational blessing. Lots of fruit and fruit that will last through these families. But God, we know that it is, we get after this fruit, not because we just do more, but God, because we are vitally connected to you, we are in right alignment with you. So God, what an opportunity before we leave today to say, Jesus, am I fully attached to you, the vine? Or am I trying to do life on my own? Am I trying to produce that which you says is going to amount to nothing? God, we need to be attached to you. That may mean that some of you may want to come forward and find one of these prayer team members and say, I need to recommit myself to Jesus today. Some may say, I've never started that. I have totally been living on my own, doing my own life, doing my own thing. And today Jesus would say, I invite you. I invite you into a relationship. Maybe you just want to take a couple minutes before you leave saying, God, how are you going to call me to be part of the mission that you have at the Santa Maria Forest Court Church? This gather, grow, and go. How do you want me to be involved in that?